You're listening to the Mission Motherhood Podcast, episode 21. Are you struggling to set boundaries with your kids? I know. (laughs) I know because you all told me that was something you were struggling with. Um, When I put a question on Instagram about something, I don't remember what it was actually, and a lot of you all messaged me and said, I need help setting boundaries. So I did a podcast episode about it, and I'm really excited to bring this episode to you today. It is jam-packed with information, so you're going to want to grab a notebook, grab a pen, save this episode to your phone, make sure you have it so you can listen to it in the car, listen to it when you're making dinner, and then listen to it again tonight when you can actually take notes um, with a notebook out and um, and really get soak, soak in the value, soak in the value because I, I give you lots of value in this one, lots of practical things that you can do to set boundaries and also ways to really overcome the mindset blocks that you are faced with when setting boundaries with your kids. So this is this is a good one, guys. All right. Um, I'm not reading a review this week, but I do want to, of course, encourage you to leave a review. Reviews just really help so, so, so much. You can look at when you are listening to content from podcasters and you're absorbing content on social media, look at every single like, comment, review, save, and share as ways to support your favorite content creators, because we really do put so much heart and soul and effort into everything that we do and everything we put out there. And we do it to serve you. And this is tons and tons and tons of free content and free value. And we do it because we love it. So whatever your favorite podcasts are and whoever your favorite people to follow on social media or any, any content that you consume, go the extra step, leave that review, rate the show, comment on the YouTube video, comment on Instagram, share the pulse of your friends, share, save it, save it so you can read all those things, all that engagement really, really helps your small businesses, your content creators, people that are both, i.e. me, I'm a business owner, I'm a content creator, I'm both. It really, really, really does help and just makes a huge difference. And I do not take it lightly. I do not take it for granted. Every single time you all share that you're listening to the podcast on Instagram, my heart just soars and I, I, I love that. So please keep doing that. But also when you leave a review, that helps even more because that helps the podcast become more searchable and available for more moms to listen to. And that is the big picture here because God has something to share. And I want to make sure that it gets into the ears of all the moms that he has to share it with. So that's all. That's all I've got for you in this intro. Without further ado, let's just go ahead and dive on into today's episode. Welcome to the Mission Motherhood Podcast, a podcast created to help you conquer the mental load of motherhood so you can be intentional with the missions God has called you to both in and out of motherhood. Here, you will learn how to manage it all, your time, your home, your family, your career, and more so you can go from feeling overwhelmed and stretched thin to mothering with joy and living fully on purpose for the Lord. If you're ready to change your motherhood narrative, reclaim your joy, own your time, and get back to your mission, then you're in the right place. I'm your host, founder, and CEO of Mission Motherhood, Caroline J. Sumlin. Ready? Let's do this. (laughs) 
All right, mama, we're diving right in today talking all about boundaries. This is a huge one that you all approach me with and ask me questions about over on Instagram on a continual basis. You struggle to set boundaries with your kids. I get it. It's hard to set those boundaries. The conflicting emotions between the quote unquote mom guilt and wanting to have some ownership of your time, space, and body are real. So we're going to unpack this today. We're going to talk about why boundaries are super important, especially for your kids. Unpack the emotional resistance that we as mothers feel when it comes to setting boundaries with our kids and even with others and create solutions that will make setting boundaries easier so you can feel like yourself again. Oh, and also let go of that guilt, right? All right, let's just go ahead and dive right in. So let's talk about number one, why boundaries are important, okay? So kids are really good at crossing boundaries, right? Like they love to be all up in our personal space. They could care less if they see us naked in the shower and feel the need to interrupt us the moment we begin having a conversation with someone else, like our spouse, something like that. They have no worries in the world just barging in on you when you're trying to use the bathroom or anything along those lines, right? Like they have no problem just touching you and being all all up in your face like that. That's their nature. It's their nature to cross boundaries because they're young and naive and they're also very selfish and they're only aware of themselves. Like they, they're not very self-aware. They're learning how to regulate their emotions and how to be aware of others and their emotions. And it's a hard thing for them to learn and it takes a very long time for them to learn. And a lot of it is maturity, of, co- of course, but it's something that has to be taught as a, you know, in childhood so that they can take it with them into adulthood. We can't just assume that when we snap our fingers and our kids are of a certain age, that they're going to understand the concept of boundaries. If we don't set boundaries young, and, and this is for anything really, if we don't set examples and teach and disciple and discipline and all those things young, we can't expect for our kids to all of a sudden snap their fingers and just know how to be like kind humans as adults that res- that are respectful and honoring of, of other people, right? So this this goes right in, right in with that, right? Um, we, we need to, to set boundaries to teach them how to be aware of others and, and also to be aware of themselves. And we, we need to make sure that we're staying consistent with those boundaries. We have to remember that as mamas, we're not only care- nurturers and caregivers, but we are also parents and disciplers. We are discipling our children, teaching them, raising them to be the kind humans, that I was just mentioning, the ones that honor and respect others. Um, we're teaching them to be those people who love Jesus and lead in his kingdom. So often when we're hit with difficulty or frustration on a day-to-day basis, i.e. a meltdown when said boundary is set, we forget about the big picture. We lean into the emotions of the moment. We feel guilty for whatever reason that we don't really need to feel guilty for. And we take the less difficult way out right then and there, right? Like, for example, you know, you set a boundary for, you know, independent playtime. I'm going to pick on this one because that's one that most of, most of you all have kind of approached me with as far as like questions are concerned. And boundaries just, you know, you try to set the boundary and your child crosses it and decides that they don't want to play independently. They want to crawl all over you and you're trying to get something done, Right. Instead of, avoid, instead of dealing with the, the 
the um, the resistance that you're met with, you are more likely probably going to just like, okay, well, just crime all over me. Whatever I wanted to do or needed to do can wait. Or even if it's something as, as simple as wanting privacy when you go to the bathroom and your child doesn't give that to you if they're old enough to like, you know, follow directions or something like that. A lot of times we just say, oh, it's, you know, it's fine. It's whatever. But what if you really wanted that privacy? Like, are you setting that boundary and are you, are you okay with risking disappointing your child and, and, and causing a negative feeling? Or are you so concerned with not being met with the resistance or a meltdown or, or you know, a, a fight, if you will? Are you, are you more concerned with not being met with that than you are in the actual teaching of the boundary and being consistent with that? Usually that's what's going on when moms are like, I don't know how to set boundaries. I just struggle with this and I try to do X, Y, and Z and my, my children just won't let me. That's a big one that I hear a lot. My children won't let me and I'm more my, my children won't let me be great. They're in I don't like that phrase. Like I know that that's a kind of um, kind of like a little, I want to say slang, but it's a term. Like oh, you know, can the weather let me be great? It just means like can 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 I do what I want to do, or can I can I be me? Can I be great? Right? Um, and a lot of times parents will say that like if you're trying to do something and your child's getting in your way, like oh my child won't let me be great. Well, first of all, their like their their behavior is not contingent upon your greatness and i know that that sounds like oh you're taking it too far caroline but it's true like like they are being children and and you can you can either do one of two things you can either welcome and accept the interruption and sometimes it's warranted and sometimes it's necessary and that's called motherhood it's called selflessness it's called laying yourself down like if your child interrupts you and has to go to the bathroom well, then they have to go to the bathroom and you have to go take them to the bathroom if they're not able to do that by themselves, right? That's not them not letting you be great. That's just motherhood. That's just parenthood, right? Or on the flip side, if they are being dishonoring of the boundary that you set and they're being disobedient of the rules that you set in place or the directions that you gave them, well, then it's up to you to stand firm in that boundary and say, no, I'm not letting you cross this boundary right now. This is what I need you to do. And then continue going on being great, right? Like that, that those are the options that you have. Um, but what ends up happening is a lot of times moms will, you know, just kind of sit there and be like, oh, here, here I am again. My child is interrupting me or my child won't let me X, Y, Z thing that I want to do, etc." That's usually, and then you just kind of end up sitting in this woe is me or frustrated resentful, negative, emotional spiral, feeling like you don't have any control over your time, over your life, over anything. Um, and, and that's all really coming from this not wanting to kind of deal with the hard thing in that moment, which might be the resistance from your child, which might be the, you know, the, the possible meltdown. It might be the no or whatever that might be. It might be taking the time to really teach in that moment. That might take a few extra minutes for you to actually do the teaching to set the boundary to get back to what it is that you were doing or the reason why you set that boundary in the first place. Like all that stuff takes extra time and extra energy. And a lot of times like we're moms, we're tired and we don't want to expend that energy to do this hard work that needs to be done in the moment so that later on when we you know, for the umpteenth time when we're setting a boundary, it's clear and our children know what to expect because we did that hard work in the moment, right? So I kind of went off on a tangent there, but 
I think this is just really important. I just kind of wanted to park here for a little bit. I get a lot of comments on Instagram mainly because that's where I hang out about, wow, my children are so independent and wow, how did you do that? How do you get them to be so independent and so obedient? And that's something that we work on. I do the hard work in the moments. I don't take the easy way out. I would say nine times out of 10, I'm not perfect, of course, but I, I have this, you know, this, it's, it's my own, it's within my own mission. It's within my own mission statement as a mother and, and, and how I take my job seriously of raising disciples and raising in, in raising children who respect and honor, um, authority and leadership and boundaries and people and humans and all those things. So I take all of these things very seriously and I do that hard work and I, we, we practice obeying, we practice following directions, we practice, you know, not, not crossing boundaries and it takes hard work up front and it takes dealing with the meltdown and the tantrum and all those types of things, which I can talk, I will talk to you guys about how to deal with that kind of stuff, but you have to be willing to do that work and you have to be willing to kind of park there for a little bit. And when you're doing the hard work up front in the long one and the long run, excuse me, it really does pay off, which is why now all the work that I was doing to help establish boundaries for my oldest, especially at three and a half years old, she's much better at respecting those boundaries. Does she have off days and off moments? 100%. Absolutely. And that, that's just, there our kids are always, 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 always learning. And I, as a parent also have to take note and say, well, what's causing her to have these hard days or hard moments? Is her cup full? Are her, are her needs met? Am I expecting too much of her in this moment considering these circumstances? There's so many things to go about, you know, to, to really think about when going about setting boundaries with their kids and really any sort of disciplining or teaching or training we want to do with our children. There's just, there's a lot to unpack. There's a lot to consider and it takes time. It takes energy. It takes paying attention to detail. It might take some research. That's the work that we have to be willing to do as mothers when we are, you know, mothering on mission and, 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 and taking every single opportunity we can in motherhood to really be mission driven with all that we do. Right. So that's my little soapbox. I'm going to hop off of that and kind of dive back in here a little bit. But, um, you know, when, when we do, you know, kind of take the easy way out, we are, and I don't want to say take the easy way out, but the, the less, the less difficult way, you know, we, we don't, we don't want to deal with that frustration in the moment. It, it, it causes us to, you know, forget that big picture that I was, that I was mentioning. And, and again, like just, we, we end up letting the emotions of that moment drive us. Right. And so when we do that, what really ends up happening is that we're teaching our children that the boundary that we set really isn't that important and that it can be crossed. So not only does that allow them to disrespect our boundaries, but now they're learning overall that boundaries aren't serious and can be crossed, whether it's a little bit or a lot. We're teaching them, oh, that are, the boundary I set, I don't really, that, it's not that serious. You can, you can walk all over that, right? That's fine. So if we're teaching them about teaching them that about our boundaries and boundaries overall, think about it. That means that they then are not going to respect other people's boundaries. Like if they have friends, 
and their friends set boundaries or their teachers set boundaries or any time that they have to be in situations that are outside of our home, they're not going to respect other people's boundaries. But most importantly, they're not going to respect their own boundaries. If we teach them that they can cross our boundaries, then they're going to think that and, 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 and not really take their own boundaries seriously and let their boundaries get crossed, especially as they get older. And that can have lasting effects. So I really take boundary teaching very, very seriously. Remember, our children are, are humans too, and, and they do have boundaries. As children, they ask us to respect their boundaries all the time if we really think about it, especially the younger ones, right? Pay attention to the signs of them asking, whether it's a baby that pushes you away when you lean in for a cuddle or a toddler that turns the other way when you ask for a hug or an older kid that wants alone time away from mom. Our kids have boundaries too, and they do ask us to respect those boundaries. And as parents and as leaders, we must honor and respect those boundaries just as we expect them to honor and respect our boundaries. So we also want to check ourselves and say, hey, am I respecting my child's boundary? If my child says, I don't want to hug right now, do I hug them anyway? And I'm guilty of it too. I'm definitely guilty of it too. And I had to check myself. Okay, it's, it's okay. It's your body. You don't want to hug right now. You don't want to be touched. I understand. That's okay. Right. And in our house are certain things that like, you know what, you can totally not be touched right now. But we do say good morning, like, you know, things like that. Like if I say good morning and I'm, I say, may I have a hug? And, you know, if my oldest, she a lot of times is like to be touched in the morning. Like, like that's just not her thing. She does not want to be touched. She's very whiny. She's very. And then like after she's warmed up for sometimes an hour, so she's like all over me and she wants to then she wants to touch me all day long. And then I get touched out and it's it's a little cycle. But I have to remember like, oh, okay, you know, you don't want to be touched right now. That's okay. My youngest right now, she's all about the kisses and the hugs. And I go over there and, and, and I lean in for a kiss. And usually she leans in back. She comes back and she gives me just kisses and we just kiss and hug and kiss and hug. But there are times that she pushes me away too. And I have, oh, you know what? I'm doing too much, right? And I have to still remember that. Yes, at 18 months old, like my baby has boundaries. So Really make sure that you're respecting and honoring your kids' boundaries because not only is that just respecting and honoring them as people and as humans, but that also teaches them too that when their boundaries are respect are respected, it's easier for them to respect our boundaries, okay? So lots of things to keep in mind. All right, so my second point is that we've got to stop all this guilt, right? Like, come on now. After hearing that, do we really need to feel guilty for setting boundaries? Like after hearing all, hearing all the importance and all, all of all of the stuff, all of the things I just said about the importance of setting boundaries, do we really need to feel guilty for setting them? No. No, absolutely not. We do not. If you look at setting boundaries as important, as an important, healthy part of parenting and catering to the growth of the relationship between you and your children, you will not feel guilty for setting them. However, This is where most of you struggle. I get so many DMs on Instagram telling me that you struggle with setting boundaries. And as soon as I ask you why, you say, because you feel guilty. Guilty for what? Let's take a moment to define the word guilty. I looked it up and the first definition that comes up means culpable of or responsible for a specified wrongdoing. Girl, are you committing a specified wrongdoing for setting boundaries? Like, more likely than not, the answer is a really hard no. Now, of course, 
We want to check ourselves and our selfishness and ego and pride when setting boundaries. If we are coming at this from a headspace or a heart posture that is self-seeking, you know, like, and not to the point of like, you can't think of yourself, but just in an egotistical, very selfish way, right? Like if you're just setting boundaries, maybe you're over the top with it or, you just don't want to be bothered. Like if that's your, you know, if you're if you're just kind of in this haughty, mean, just not just not so nice headspace or heart posture, then perhaps the guilt that you're feeling is a gentle conviction from the Lord, or, or maybe you're, you know, you're you're setting a boundary when it's not appropriate. Maybe maybe it's just a time when, you know, your your child is is having a need, and that just in and, and that needs to that needs immediate attention, and that's just it's not the right time. Like, and, and maybe, maybe, maybe you're feeling, you feel a little guilt in that sense. And I don't like the word guilt, but what I like to say is a gentle conviction from the Lord. And that's real. I have them too. I definitely have gentle convictions from the Lord. Just the other day I did. And it wasn't necessarily about a boundary, but it was just more so about how I was getting bothered by something that my oldest was doing. And I needed to check the way that I was approaching her about it and realize that I needed to make sure that I was not making her feel like she was wrong or or bad, but more so teach her a better way of going about doing this or expressing this feeling. Um, and you know, we, we all, we all get to that point. Like we're not perfect. It's such a, it's such a hard job being a mother, being a parent to little kids because their brains aren't fully developed and they don't process all these things like the, the same way we do. Like they're immature and that wears on you. It does like that's real. And so you're going to have moments where you aren't in, in the right heart posture and you do have that gentle conviction, that little nudge from the Lord. That's like, you know what? Now's not the right time for that. And that's okay. You can lean into that and you can then just be obedient and you'll be redeemed and all that stuff, you know, but if it's something that's more of like a guilt or a shame, well, first of all, God is not a God of guilt or shame. So if you're feeling shameful, if you're feeling like just this overwhelming guilt that you really know deep down that you shouldn't be feeling, a lot of times that's from the enemy. Like if you're feeling this I'm a bad mom if I spend an hour away from my kids or more like that kind of guilt, that kind of shame, like, no, 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 no. That is not, that's not from the Lord. That is from the enemy. And you can just honestly rebuke that in the name of Jesus right where you are. Okay. So sure. If, if you are approaching it from that place of, again, selfishness, pride, etc., then it that might be a sign that you may need to rethink some things. But nine times out of 10, most of the time, most of the time, this, this guilt that you are feeling is, is from the enemy and it's not real. And it's not anything that you need to allow to take over your mind. And you are not, you are not guilty for wanting to set some boundaries or setting setting boundaries or, or asking for space or asking to not, you know, be touched or anything along those lines. Like that, that's not a reason to feel guilty. I, I just need you to take that out of your mind right now. Like repeat after me, I do not need to feel guilty for setting boundaries. Okay. You can take a deep breath. You deserve space. You deserve time to breathe. You deserve to not be touched if you don't feel like being touched right now. You deserve whatever it is that you are trying to set a boundary for. You're not a bad mom. If you don't want to be touched by your kids, 
all the time or be near your kids 24-7. Like, that's okay. That's okay. That, that what I was talking about above with the selfishness and the pridefulness, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not saying, oh, you know, you, you can't ever, you're, you know, you, you can't ever not want to be around your kids or something. No, 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 no. That's, that's not what we're getting at here. What we're getting at here is 99% of the time, the way that you're feeling and the guilt that you're feeling about setting a boundary is this mom guilt that this society has conjured up between social media and comparison and the enemy just swooping in there and adding fuel to the fire and making you feel like that as a mom, for whatever reason, you must want to be around your kids 24-7 and you must be able to do all the things without ever having a break or space and that your space, it's okay for your privacy to be, you know, violated and I don't say violated, but you know, to be compromised and all, all of the things that we feel like sometimes just go out the window as moms. And sure, it's never going to be like it was before, but you're allowed to set a boundary around that thing if that's what you want to set a boundary around. You are allowed to honor yourself as a human being. You are allowed to do that because your identity is not mother. Your identity is who you are in Christ. And mother happens to be one of those things. So you, it's time to stop living like your identity is mom like 100%. And I think a lot of times that guilt comes from the fact comes from the fact that we have a tendency to live like our identity is mom. When our identity is daughter of the king. Uh, excuse me, daughter of the king, of the king, of Jesus Christ himself. That's our identity, freed in Christ. And under that so many things that he's calling us to with motherhood being one of those things. Absolutely. But it's not our identity. And we're doing, we're dishonoring the person that God has created us to be if we silence the other parts of us that are not mother because we think that they don't deserve to, excuse me, I don't know where my voice went, but if we, because we don't think that they deserve to have light shown on them too. You know what I'm saying? Like, like there's so much deep rootedness that comes from this guilt and all You don't even realize it's manifesting in just a simple setting of a boundary with your kid because you feel like you don't deserve to set that boundary. You feel like you don't deserve that space. You don't feel like you don't deserve to, you feel like you don't deserve to, to have an hour to go after that dream of yours or you don't, more shoot, more than an hour. Okay. You can't, an hour ain't nothing. Okay. Let's be real. Let's, let's be real. You, 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 you're trying to fit the rest of who you are in the cracks of your day and, and in between just the tiniest little things and maybe you can peek it in here and maybe you can do this and every single time you turn around, you're needed, you're wanted, you're pulled, you're touched and you feel like you're losing your mind, right? Like that's really what you feel. But if you've set that boundary, if you set that boundary with your, chi- with your children and your family, oh, now you're feeling like you're, you're, you're a bad mom. Now you're feeling guilty. Now you're a bad wife. Now you're this, now you're that. No, 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 no. We are going to cancel. I'm parking here because we are going to cancel these feelings in the name of Jesus that are not from the Lord. They are from the enemy. They are from the enemy. They are from the enemy. Okay. So even if you need to just replay this part, like several times, do so. Do it. Do so. I I hope that God is speaking to you right now. I hope that God is speaking to you. I really do. I really hope that you come out of this episode feeling confident in 
setting the boundaries that you've been needing to set for quite some time. Because you you definitely deserve it and you need it. Just like everyone, everyone needs boundaries. Your kids, your husband, you, you do too. And it's time for you to start setting them and standing firm in them and making sure that they're, they're no longer getting compromised as much as possible because it won't be perfect because hello, life, but as much as possible. Okay. That being said, let's talk about five ways to set boundaries confidently. Okay. So we can do so without that unnecessary guilt that don't need to be here. All right. The first step is to reverse engineer from problem to solution. All right. So for example, if you're, so let's put it this way. If you're currently struggling with a certain boundary you're trying to set, reverse engineer from that problem to create your solution. So this could be a situation where you're trying, you're, you're currently, you can think in your life where you're trying to set a boundary and it's not working for you. Okay. Think about that. What resistance are you met with? What's happening when you're trying to set that boundary? Okay. When you identify the problem, you can more easily plan a solution. So for example, setting boundaries with room time. One of my followers on Instagram messaged me about this and said that they were having a a hard time with their child coming out of their room after they set an expectation for room time. And this mother is a business owner as well. She's actually a podcaster. She's a coach and she's got lots of things going on and she needs that time to work. Like this is something and that she should not be asking sheepishly or apologetically for that time to do her job. She should not be having to do that because her job is just as important. Her job that produces income and her job that makes a difference in other people's lives is just as important as her job as mother. It's not more important. Mother is always more important as far as our priorities are concerned in the Lord, but it doesn't mean that it's not it's not important as well, that it doesn't matter as well, that it's not a calling as well, that it's not a priority as well, and that it needs to be compromised for motherhood every single time. Like that, that is not when we, when I say priority and like, yes, like God is first and marriage and then our children and then everything else. Like, yes, that is our priority in, in the Lord as, as followers of Lord, excuse me, as followers of Jesus, that is our priority in him. That's what the order of our priorities in him. Like we should never be putting our career before our kids or before motherhood. And, and that's a heart posture thing though. There are going to be times where, yeah, mom is at work and children are blank. That doesn't mean that you're putting your career above your kids as far as priority and your heart is concerned. It means that you have blocked out your chunk of time where you're now going to work and your kids need to honor that that's your work time and that when you're with them, that's your mom time. It'd be the same thing if you're working out of the home and you dropped your kids off at daycare. Well, yeah, sure, daycare is taking care of that thing, but it's the same thing. That's essentially a way of setting a boundary, right? So it's harder, of course, at home because your children can see you and they see you, they want you more. So it's more training that you have to do to set the boundary to say, hey, I know that you really want to play with me all the time and I wish I could play with you all the time too, but mama also has to work and this is my work time and I need you to find something else to do, okay? So... That being said, in this scenario, her child keeps coming out of her room. She's set an expectation for the room time. 
the resistance that she's meet that she could be met with. I'm not quite sure what's going on, but it could be whining, complaining, guilt, you know, from, from your child. And then you feel guilty. You feel frustrated. You know, you just have this, this mess of emotions coming on, right? So what are some solutions here? Number one, you can set your, um, you can set your child's room up for success, make room time more inviting, right? So just understanding too that we a lot of times have to help our kids be more successful. That's a huge thing. I talk about this on social media a lot. I talk about the invitations to play. I talk about how like, because for in our house, we have more independent playtime than just the room time. We have independent playtime kind of sprinkled throughout our day. And part of the way that I do that is setting up some invitations to play. Now, I don't do this for all, all the time because If I did that all the time, I'd be exhausted. I'm like, that's too much. Sometimes our children have to be okay with finding, figuring it out for themselves. And sometimes our children are going to need a little bit of help. And I think having a mixture of that, especially because the days are long, especially because we're inside the house right now with in the middle of pandemic, like we really not aren't going anywhere if our kids are home with us, which the majority of them are, um, it, it does help to break up the day and, and, you know, we have to understand that their brain is not going to be able to think of something to do all day long. Like that's not possible. So always being mindful of your children's age and their capacity is, is really huge. So, you know, setting them up for success, making the room more inviting, that could be as simple as adding music. That could be as simple as if you have an older child, maybe that's snack time in the room time. If they're like five, six, seven years old or whatever, maybe they get to do something cool like that just making sure that their their toys are set up. Maybe every single day you come in and you set up the toys in a different way or like, you know, pull out like a toy that they maybe haven't played with in a while and suggest it. Like there's a lot of things that you can do, simple and more complicated to make it more inviting and set them up for success. Um, another solution is making sure all needs are met before room time. Extra hugs, a water cup, bathroom break, recently fed. I actually learned this lesson like literally today. Like I'm recording this podcast on a Thursday night and I learned this lesson today because my three and a half year old has room time every every single day at around 1, 1.30. And um, she's been struggling with it a little bit more than usual. Some days she's great and some days she's whining and complaining and some days she... Um, today she was great with her attitude, but she, you know, I'm trying to help her to be more independent, right? Like if you need to go to the bathroom, just come out of the room by yourself, get yourself up on the bathroom and then let me know when it's time for me to come wipe you. She knows how to get her stool, turn the light on, get up on the potty by herself and actually use the bathroom all the way up until she needs my help. So we're working on that. So, you know, she did that and that was fine, but then she also needed a water cup. And then she also was like, you know, then she, then she was um, then she like got herself stuck inside her laundry basket because she was bo- like bored and looking for something to do. And then she started screaming and I'm like, what in the world is going on? Right. So it was one thing with the bathroom break. It was another thing when she came downstairs looking for her water. But then she like slowly meandered her way back upstairs and kept looking back at me like, hi, I really don't want to go back upstairs. And so, you know, I'm being interrupted by coaching her and prompting her to go back upstairs. Right. So what should I do? I need to make sure she goes to the bathroom before room time. Like something I used to do and I've kind of gotten lazy with and fallen off. I need to make sure we've got the bathroom break done. She's gone to the bathroom. I've wiped her. Okay. Like all those things. And, um, and I need to make sure she has her water cup. I need to make sure she's always recently fed. It's always right after lunch. That's usually a no brainer. And I used, I need to also make sure I'm laying down some ground rules. Like please don't jump inside or 
your laundry basket and get stuck. Like, let's, let's not do that. Let's make sure we're only playing with the toys. Um, and maybe help her come up with something to do. Cause I know sometimes, you know, room time falls at a time where we've had a pretty big day. We've already had homeschool. She's played a lot. She's usually kind of tired, but she's not napping anymore. And she's not, sometimes she'll fall asleep, but she's usually not napping. And so I think she does get a little bored and I do have to, it's a fine line between letting her be bored and come up and use her, you know, come up with something to do and use her imagination and also helping her out a little bit. So I need to practice that being more intentional and setting her up for success when I'm giving her that time. So same with you, mama, that um, sent me that comment on Instagram. Same thing, right? Is making sure all those needs are met. Now, another thing you want, want to make sure you're doing is being consistent with expectations and discipline too. So with this, this is the same scenario, right? This is, this is the whole, this is, this is me explaining the reverse engineering from problem to solution. So we're still troubleshooting the problem of your child keeps coming out of your room and you're trying to make this problem go away. So if it's just not going away, you set them up for success, you've made sure their needs are met and they're still like just crossing that boundary, great. You need to be consistent with your expectations and your discipline and make sure that it's a matter of disobedience, then discipline how you would any other matter of disobedience, okay? Because it's it's disobedient. Like at the end of the day, it's still just, it is, dis- it's an act of disobedience. If you said, please stay in your room and they come out, that's disobedience, right? And we do teach our children to obey. We are, um, you know, we're teaching, we're discipling them and that that's a big thing. So you definitely want to make sure that you're helping them to be obedient. But at the same time, if they're still just refusing to be obedient, then what is going to decide what your discipline mechanism is going to be and then be consistent with that. And then that problem should go away. Okay. So that's the first thing. Setting boundaries confidently. I just want to make the next ones aren't going to be that long, but reverse engineering from problem to solution. Cause I'm sure a lot of you have a problem that's already happening. You have a problem that's already happening with trying to set your boundary and you needed to figure out, well, how can I fix this problem? So hopefully going through that example, figuring out what's happening, your resistance and coming up with the solutions after you've figured out those things. I hope that that helps you with whatever other situation you may be going through right now as you're listening to this. Okay. The second way that you can establish boundaries confidently is to acknowledge their feelings. Always tell them that you understand their frustration or how hard it is for them to wait. I totally get it. It's hard for you to wait. I know it's hard for me to wait sometimes too. Um, And then tell them when you can expect to give them the attention they're seeking so they have something to look forward to. And then of course, follow through with that promise. That's huge. Like follow through. If you say that you're going to give them time in an hour, then give them that time. If it's 30 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever you say, stick to it. They're going to hold you accountable for that. The third thing you can do is just practice. I know it sounds weird, but seriously, practice. Practice how you will say things the next time around, especially if there was tension previously um, when trying to set whatever boundary, and practice by actively doing it every day. And that leads me into the fourth thing, making it routine, okay? So things like room time, independent time, etc., should be written into your routine if they aren't already, especially with younger kids. This helps them expect when it's time to be by themselves and when it's time to be with you. The more they enjoy those built-in times that, um, that they have for independence, like the more, that, the more they find fun out of it, the more they're actually going to surprise you with other moments of independence, which is usually a lot of like what my followers on social media will see. They'll see a lot of our morning independence, which is semi-written in. Like I do write in some independent time for my 18-month-old. And I write that in for when me and my daughter, my oldest daughter, are having homeschool. Um, how And I also just kind of like will just tell them and prompt them like, 
go play for 30 minutes while mama does X, Y, and Z. Like that's as simple as it is. It's written in, in a way of like, I, I know I want them to do this for about 30 minutes. I know that I want them to play for 30 minutes. Um, and I know that I want to give myself 30 minutes of like a transition time. And so I tell them to go play and enough of that was just enough for them to just do it. Like they just started doing it and they started playing by themselves and, and you know, they're, they're at their best energy, of course, right after breakfast and all that stuff too. And, and I just go with it. I, I let them be. I'm not, when they, when they're showing independence, let them be. When they're showing it, let them be. Let them get carried away and watch them. Watch what drives them too. So you can create more opportunities like that for them as well. Okay. And then the last one is talk to your kids like they're mini adults. And I don't mean like literally, like to the point where they can't understand you, but explain to them the boundary and why it's important. For example, let's go with touching. Like I know I tend to get touched out. I'm sure there's someone out there listening that tends to get touched out too. Maybe it's you listening right now. You're like, yes, that is so me. I'm with you. Okay. So if you don't want to be touched, that's okay. Of course, like, you know, if your child falls and hits their elbow, I wanted, I didn't want to say head because like, I don't want to speak that into existence, but if your child falls and hits their elbow or whatever, and they're crying or whatever, like, yeah, you're going to say, forget my being touched out right now. And you're going to give them a big hug and you're going to kiss the boo-boo and make it go away. Um, you know, and, and, and then when everything is all better, you're going to get back to that, that boundary if you don't want to be touched that, and that's okay. Well, let's just say it's just kind of like a honky dory situation. Everything's fine, but your child just wants to like climb on you and get into your lap and, and snuggle. And normally that would be fine. But today you're just like, if one more person touches me, I listen, it's not going to be pretty. Like if that's literally how you're feeling, then that's okay. Don't shove that down and make yourself feel bad for that. Honor that, you know, like again, like I've said before, you are a human and you have needs. So a way that you can explain this or talk to your child about this is explaining why it's important. So for example, you might say, mama doesn't want to be touched right now. Sometimes we don't want other people touching us and that's okay. Sometimes you don't like to be touched either. When mama says not to touch her, you need to respect that. Just like I respect it when you don't want me to touch you. Simple, right? Something along those lines that will help them understand and something that, you know, as you kind of repeat it and you're going to have to repeat yourself over and over and over again, like that's the nature of parenting, but, um, it'll begin to stick. And in what you say and how you say it is huge. Like that's, that's where the true discipleship really, you know, takes place. And so you want to make sure that how you're explaining this and how you're giving the directions and the words that you're choosing, like your word choice, you want to make sure all that is spot on because that's going to frame how your child thinks of this. If your child is shamed into respecting your boundary, that's not okay. But if your child is taught about why it's important and how to respect it and how they have boundaries too, and just, you know, how it honors other people and it helps with, um, and, and it, it showcases kindness, all of those things that we can really lead into these teachable moments. And that's how they're going to think about it. And they're going to think about it in a positive way. And then they're going to surprisingly respect your boundaries so much more when you ask for them to be respected. Like it's, it's, it's gonna, it's gonna blow your mind. Like one day your, your child will tell you, oh, you need privacy. When you go to the bathroom, you won't have to ask for it. Okay. Listen, my three-year-old did it the other day. She was like, 
oh, mama needs privacy. And I was like, I sure do need privacy. And guess what? She asked for her own privacy too. And I was like, you sure do need privacy. Absolutely. That's good. That's a very good thing. That's what you want to happen, right? So just make sure that you are teaching and explaining this stuff with with kindness and with grace and with gentleness and and also with firmness and authority. It it needs to be a both and. You don't want to say it to the point where your child knows that you're not serious and they can just walk all over you. Like you do want to have a level of like, I'm the parent and I am setting a boundary and I'm setting a rule. I'm setting an expectation. I expect you to follow it. But you also want to make sure that you're leading with love always and grace always and kindness always, right? All right. So that, you know, is that's, that's, that's what I have for you today. I, there's, there's so much more that we could talk about. And if you guys are listening to this and you have very specific questions about boundaries and you want to ask me, shoot me an email at hello at carolinejsumlin.com or send me a DM on Instagram at carolinejsumlin because the feedback that you give me will help me. I can make another episode. If you have something else that's like really, you know, I'm sticking out at you, uh, that's a weird way to say that. But if you, you know, if you have something else that's kind of like, man, like you're listening to this and you wish you could ask a follow-up question, like if this was a live workshop or something like that, shoot me the question and I will make an episode about it in the coming um, you know, in, in the future, in the coming weeks. So, um, that would be, you know, that, that would be a way that I can serve you. And that would be helpful for me as well, because there, there's a lot, a lot to this topic and it's, it's a very important one. So I don't want this to be the last time that we talk about boundaries on the Mission Motherhood podcast. All right. So I, as always am believing you and believing in you, excuse me, I'm cheering you on. I'm praying for you. I pray for my listeners. I pray for my audience. And I just thank you for being here. I thank you for being a part of the Mission Motherhood community. It's something that I do not take lightly at all. I love every single one of you and I'm so excited and I'm so honored to be a part of your journey, helping you fulfill your mission in life and motherhood. Until next time, my friend, I will see you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Mission Motherhood Podcast. You can check out the show notes for this episode at carolinejsumlin.com slash blog. If the content of this episode helped you in any way, please take a few minutes to share this episode with a mama friend, share this podcast to your Instagram stories, and leave us a review in iTunes and subscribe to the show. Thank you so much for listening, mama. See you next time.